Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 65. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And I'm so excited about our guest today because he is relatively new to the real estate investing game. You know, myself and my friends run around in my peer group are pretty seasoned real estate investors. And I often forget what it's like to be new and to be at the beginning of this journey. So I'm really excited to have this gentleman on today to have him share with you what it's like to be pretty new in the game. And he's not brand new. He's had some successes, which I'm excited for him to share uh, today. But um, this guy, Zach Aronzi. He is an Air Force pilot. He has two adorable boys, ages four and seven, and a cute dog and a cute wife. They're all cute. Got to see the picture online if you haven't seen it already. And he just started into this real estate venture really in February, and he just closed his first deals about a month ago. So with that, welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks, Holly. I'm excited to be here. Well, why don't you give our listeners some more background on you and um, tell them about your journey and your story and why you got interested in it and how you got to where you are now. Okay. Well, my story goes back um, with real estate. It goes back about a couple years. And um, I started like so many people in this business with um, education. And uh, there, there was something that just sparked my interest in real estate. And I started learning all about it. Um, started listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books. It really started um, when I found uh, Bigger Pockets. And I listened to their podcast. They have a great podcast. Um, and uh, I started listening to that for hours and hours. And uh, I read some of the Bigger Pockets books and some other real estate books, some of the kinds of things you'd find in Barnes and Noble as well. Um, but that kind of, I kind of got into that cycle of, uh, analysis paralysis. I didn't do a whole lot in some of those early months. I, I did go drive around neighborhoods. Um, I did a little bit of driving for dollars, writing down addresses, but I didn't do anything at all with those addresses. And, um, as I started to put more time into it, this was in, um, this was in 20, 2015. I, uh, it really wasn't a good time for um, my family and I, for me to be um, doing something else. And I do have a full-time job and I did then. I'm, I'm a pilot in the Air Force. And so that was, this was all kind of in my excess time. And I didn't have a lot back then. Um, not that I do now, but it just really wasn't the right time. And I ended up putting it kind of on hold from for about a year, really from about October, 2015 to like uh, the next year in 2016. Um, I didn't really do much, you know, it was always kind of this, this thought in the back of my mind and it was something, you know, I may have listened to a few podcasts or something during that time, but it just sort of, just sort of sat there kind of smoldering. Um, and you know, to back up even a little bit more, um, this was, this, my interest in real estate was kind of a one piece of a string of business interests that I'd kind of entertained. Um, 
going back a couple more years where I just sort of, I just had this belief and this conviction that, uh, that there was, I needed to learn to do something on the outside other than my uh, primary job. Um, and I, I wanted to learn to, uh, to make money and to be, and to uh, be successful in business, learn how to, you know, I wanted to eventually someday run my own business. Um, and I had some other ideas. There were some software type ideas that I went through. Um, and real estate really seemed to, uh, really seemed to fit the, the um, that really seemed to fit the mold of something I could do um, on the side. So anyway, after, after putting it on hold for about that year, um, Turned out I had a, I owned a house that we had lived in for a while here in California. Um, in the, uh, it's in Rockland, one of the outskirts, kind of on the outskirts of Sacramento. Um, and this house, we'd moved out of it and we'd been renting it out. We'd only owned it a couple years and it had just shot up in value and we were planning on selling it. And so kind of for the first time in my life, I had a, um, had a good chunk of money coming my way. And that got me thinking again about, um, flipping because flipping, flipping houses was really the strategy I wanted to get into. Um, so having that, that money coming, I, I know there's ways to start without any money at all. And that's, that turns out, uh, that's what I've ended up doing. Um, but knowing that I, I would be able to possibly make a portion of a down payment, get into a partnership and have something to add, like it just really got me thinking about it again. Um, and so then that was, uh, that was October of 2016 and everything started to, to roll again. And I, but I got trapped once again in this analysis paralysis until about, um, about February and you can, um, I was starting to journal around this time too. So I can look through the pages of my journal and the goals I wrote down and I can see that like um, I'd write down these goals and I just wouldn't do them. I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to call all these investors and start to build a buyer's list and I wouldn't do it. And, um, but hey, I got to commit yeah. for that because I would say that was a step in the right direction. Even though you didn't do it, you were thinking about it. And most of us have to think about things or Sometimes a long time before we take action. So if I can just interject yeah. here real quick. I was watching the Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix this weekend called I Am Not Your Guru. And it, I've seen Tony live like, oh, probably four or five times. Love that guy. Anyway, <laughs> he is amazing. And he, I heard him Saturday night when I was watching this film once again reminded me that it doesn't take us 10 years to start something. It takes us one second to make a decision. It's one second that we decide to do something. But most of us think about it. We plan for it for a long time. So that's what you were doing, which I think is good because then when you actually start taking action, you have more drive and force and determination because you've been kind of building up that that desire. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. And that is, that is so true. And you know that, um, all that time, I mean, I call analysis paralysis, but really it was, I was laying, I was laying groundwork that turned out to be really important. Um, and, uh, a lot of this time I, you, you know, the shiny penny syndrome people talk about in real estate, there's so many ways to make money. Yeah. Well, 
focus is important. And I eventually found a focus that uh, allowed me to start taking action in one particular niche of wholesaling. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, well, how did you do that for people that are well, listening? Was that when you joined Justin Williams' program? Um, well, uh, y- y- let's see. Yes, basically. It was uh, slightly before that. Um, okay. Wholesaling, so for so many people, I- I'm assuming most of your listeners know what wholesaling is. Well, let's just go um, over it in case they okay. don't, so you can define it for them. Okay. So, uh, so wholesaling, let's see. Um, it's based, it's, I would describe it as flipping houses uh, or flipping contracts. Yes. Um, so what, what I do is I go, uh, I negotiate with, I, uh, first of all, I market to find people that uh, want to sell their houses off the market. And um, these are typically people who ha- own a house that needs a lot of work. Um, it's in disrepair, it might not qualify for traditional financing, um, or they might be in a hurry to sell. Or some people just don't want to deal with realtors for whatever reason. They don't want to show their houses to an endless stream of buyers, all these things. So there's kind of a, um, so I look for those people and I market through uh, direct mail and Facebook. And there's a lot of ways to market. Those are the ones I've been using so far. Um, and then I'll go and I'll meet them um, after talking to them on the phone. I'll meet them at their houses, um, take a look at the house and um, I'll make them an offer to buy it. And I don't, um, I don't necessarily intend to close on the contract my, myself personally, um, although I, I could if I wanted to go out and get, um, if it's a good enough deal, and I, I, I think I'll do this eventually, maybe on one of my next deals, um, actually go get financing to do it myself. Um, but what I've done so far is once you have that contract, you control the deal and you have, if it's a good deal and you, uh, you need to be careful with your numbers and know your numbers, um, then you have so many options. There's so many exit plans once you, uh, once you do that. So, um, what I do is I, I go and I take it to my partners, um, and I have a long list and I call them my partners and we talk about, um, and when I'm talking to the sellers, I talk about partners uh really they're, but they're really if i can interrupt you yeah they're yeah they're not technically partners that you're not partners in an entity or an llc or something nope. they're just partners you know to to talk about and i do the same yep. thing with my wholesalers exactly so yeah you're doing the first part of the of the work of finding the deal mm-hmm. and then the then the flipper or the investor, the rehabber, I call it, picks it up from you, pays you yep. for your effort and your marketing, and then takes it from there. It's like a two-part deal, That's right? right. Yep. And that's called, um, so I'll assign my contract to them, or we'll do a double close. Um, and, uh, and yep, they'll, they'll take it from there. And uh, it's... And, and, I'm, and I'll get paid a wholesale fee, and I'm pretty much done at that point. Yeah, so then to point out to new people too, you don't have the risk of the renovation and the contractors and the market risk of what will happen to the market during the renovation. You're in and you're out in days or weeks where a flipper like myself is in and out in months or in some cases, years. <laughs> so, you know, depending on, we right. have one that just went to market last week that it's been three years, but it was, you know, big construction deal. Yeah. So it's a great way to minim, uh, minimize or mitigate your risk, but you're spending money or somebody's spending money usually on marketing, right? Are you spending yes. money on marketing? Yes. Okay. Yep. 
So, um, so yeah, there's marketing is the biggest expense. There are ways of doing it without, without marketing or without expensive marketing. You know, there's, there's networking and, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty popular topic on, uh, you know, how to get started in real estate with no money. You know, it's one of the most common questions. So there's, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, so I had, Usually, you know, they say it takes either time or money. You've got to have either time or money. Well, I had um, some time and some money. I didn't have a lot of either, but I had enough to uh, send out a few letters. And um, I, uh, you know, to some extent, maybe I got a little bit lucky because I found my first deal through Facebook. And it was, um, it came out of my first $200 of Facebook spending. Awesome. So, so that was, yeah, I've spent a lot more than that since then on Facebook without getting a deal. So I was fortunate to get one early. Um, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. You were, who were you advertising to? Like, I'll, I'll pay cash for your house or what? You yeah. Yeah. So I was using, um, I was using paid Facebook advertising and it was kind of targeted towards, um, you know, uh, people who have a problem house, you know, it's, uh, do you, do you have a house you don't know what to do with? Does it need a lot of repairs? Um, it was, it was really pretty simple. And, um, but to the right person in that situation that has a house that they don't know what to do with it, they inherited and it's just a headache and they're spending money on it every month and it does need repairs. Um, it really, it really speaks to them because you're, um, you're describing the exact needs they have. And so, um, this lady, the first seller called me up and she, she basically told me that, uh, yeah, she, she had a house that, uh, that really fit that description. I went out to see it. It turned out like, um, she'd had some other offers, but they were really low and uh, it had been difficult for her to sell. You know, it was, um, it just needed, it needed too much work. Um, so do you mind sharing with uh, us what you figured the after repaired value was, what you negotiated so, for all, all the details? Yeah, yeah. So I figured, um, oh, you know, this is actually kind of a, a funny story because my initial guess at its ARV after repaired value was, um, was something like, $80,000 because it was, um, and I based that on a comp across the street. And this was a, this was a house in a rural area, which, um, I think rural areas are a little more difficult because it's not when you go into like a typical suburban neighborhood, it's just like, you know, everything's a three, two ranch and 15 to 1700 square feet. And it's your comps are like 12 of them within the quarter mile and everything's easy. Right. Well, this being rural, it was pretty difficult to analyze. And I found like one or two properties that I thought were somewhat comparable. Well, I was fortunate in that, um, going a little out of order here, but I was fortunate in that I had a mentor, um, and her name's Laurel. She's, uh, I, I'd met her at Aria and she's, um, she was, she was a wholesaler and she'd been in the business for years, um, doing, uh, uh high, high end renovations and other type of work. But she was, um, I think she was relatively new to the wholesale game, but very, very serious about it. Um, 
anyway, I was able to call her up and ask her about this property. And she was like, oh, no, it's probably worth 250000 fixed up. I was like, oh, well, I was a little off because um, I, didn't, I didn't even think it was worth looking at. I thought I was going to offer her something like $15,000 or something. So um, Laurel helped, and this is the value of a mentor, but uh, Laurel helped me work through the numbers, um, gave me an idea what to offer somewhere around um, 100000 And um, I went out and talked to the owner and um, that was, you know, that was a, that was a pretty huge, huge step. This wasn't actually the very first owner I talked to. I think she might've been, I think she was the third. Um, But having the confidence to go out and talk to somebody about buying their house when you've never done something like that and you've never, um, you've never invest. I mean, you don't, you don't actually have the money yourself. It's just like, that's the hurdles to doing that are just uh, the, the things I didn't know and the, the questions that were open in my mind, <laughs> it was, uh, but I was able to do it because I had a mentor in place. I had, um, I had education from, um, uh, we haven't talked about house flipping formula, but it's a coaching program I had, I had joined. Um, yeah, I've had Justin yeah. on the podcast before. Oh, okay. He was on last year. So yep. yes, I have a lot of admiration for him. So yeah, Justin Williams, I have to look up what number he was. But yeah, yeah, he puts out of the program to teach wholesaling and flipping. Yeah, that was, so that that was your confidence up. Huh? Helpful. Yes. <laughs> and you know, um, so when you're brand new, what, what do you do? You go out there and like, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy your house. Well, um, there are certain pieces that um, had really stopped me from ever doing that before. You know, I'd sit at home, I'd, 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 I knew what wholesaling was, I knew the concepts, but I could never imagine going out and doing it. Um, and it wasn't really until I, um, until I met Laurel and I, uh, my, first, uh, my first real encounter with her, she was, she was looking for bird dogs, um, people to send her to uh, do some of the legwork and send her deals. And, um, and in return, she was, uh, she was coaching. Um, there were a group of uh, about five or six of us that she was coaching to, um, to implement various different strategies, such as Craigslist or driving for dollars and these things to help, uh, help find deals. And we would bring them to her and, um, and we would get a cut of, uh, what, whatever she was able to make out of them. So this actually didn't, didn't last very long. Um, there were most of the people in the group really weren't doing much. There's me and uh, maybe one or two others that were actually, um, going out and uh, making things happen. But, um, so this really turned out, I actually went out on my own sooner than I thought, but on these first couple deals, I was still able to kind of lean on her credibility. And I would, um, um, because I, you know, I was still planning to send, send her these deals. So instead of going out and being like, I'm going to buy your house and be like, well, I'm working with this partner and uh, she's going to buy your house or, um, or give just, you more confidence yeah, it, it, it was kind of, it was kind of being able to say, I, I'm working with these other people. And even if we don't have an official relationship, it's like there are the people who are ultimately going to buy it. Um, have a lot of credibility. So you can sort of lean on somebody else's credibility or if you can partner, there are a number of ways of, of uh, kind of overcoming that by um, having relationships with people with the experience to help you get through. 
Yeah, that's, that's awesome because obviously yeah. that gave you a lot of confidence because it feels like you're being supported or there's someone behind you. You're not just out there all by yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that, that really helped uh, when I went out and, um, uh, on, these, uh, on these first deals. So. Yeah. Well, um, I love you know, what you sent me in advance like from your journal, mm -hmm. how you – like what a great entry you wrote. Like um, you, it's from your journal, page 79, just to like remind you of where it is. Yeah. But that was so powerful, like reading those words you wrote. I don't know if you um, have that up that you can share that or a couple sentences of it. But having that mindset and that belief – I mean, you just exude such confidence in this passage. Like, how could you not be successful? That was really cool. Would you mind sharing a couple sentences of that? Sure, sure. And um, I wrote this at a point in time when um, um, it was, this was around February, this was around March, I think, when I wrote this. So, I, I, like I said, I started really taking action in February after I met Laurel. And it was that bird dog program that really got me started. Um, and before that, I had just been laying the groundwork and uh, the knowledge uh, was kind of in place. And kind of a lot of, a lot of that groundwork was like mindset. It was like all these, um, the science and the practice of mindset. Um, but it was this, I, I got to this point where I realized that there were people there is a set of actions which taken um, consistently over the right amount of time will lead to success. And until you have kind of that right, that, that belief and that certainty that, um, that if you're willing to follow through on this path and if you're willing to copy the people that have already been successful before you, um, that kind of certainty is, uh, is incredibly empowering. And so I actually wrote in my journal at this point, um, this came from being around people that were successful. Um, and let's see, this was, here, here, well, I'll just read it. Here's what I wrote. It said, um, I know how cocky this sounds, but I know I will be successful and fairly soon. Um, I, know, I know I will be successful because I know the path I am taking, or, or because I know the path and I am taking the right actions. There's no doubt whatsoever in my mind that the general direction I'm committed to will not bring wealth. I know enough and I am unconventional enough I've absorbed the thinking of successful people and I am willing to take action that might be criticized. I know and expect it to be a lot of work. Um, that kind of came from uh, Grant Cardone and 10X. I understand the value of systems and how to work on, not in the business. That's a little bit of um, E-Myth and uh, Justin Williams. I'm not saying I know everything, far from it, but I do understand the mindset and I know how to learn. I'm not saying I know exactly what to do or what I will or, or exactly what to do or what I will do. I just know I won't stop working for success. Short of national economic or personal catastrophe, uh, nothing can stop me. You know? um, I don't believe the types of goals I have depend on luck. Becoming a movie star depends on luck and other people's good favor. Being the world's best swimmer requires some genetic advantage. The success in business only requires a willingness to work through failure, uh, to continue taking consistent action and the correct mindset. Um, Amen. Hallelujah, brother. I love it. <laughs> that is yeah. so awesome. I think you're going to be writing a book someday because how <laughs> inspirational is that? When I read that, I'm like, wow. 
Like if you just even said that to yourself every day or a new person said something like that to themselves every day, how empowering would that be? Because if you say it every day, you're going to believe it. Like you're training yeah. your mind. This is true. This is real. And I love that the last sentence where success in business only requires a willingness to work through failure, continue taking consistent action and correct mindset. It's true. I'm never mm -hmm. going to be a ballerina as much as I wanted to do that when I was little, but there's not many five foot 10 ballerinas out there. The guys can't lift this up, but Hey, I can rock everything in the real estate investing world. So it's like a place that anyone can succeed. Super exciting. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. It's pretty personal, but that's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's, it's something I didn't really imagine really sharing, but it's, um, that was kind of the mindset that got me to get, got me to get started. It was just, I, and I really do. I honestly believe that you can pretty much guarantee success in certain types of ventures by doing the right things over the right amount of time. Um, and I also think that it's just different than, than pipe dreams and dreams that require luck. And, uh, and I don't know, it's just, in the United States right now, we have such opportunity that anyone who's willing to do what needs to be done to pay the price for success can do it. So, um, well, I have to say that um, I love uh, to continue this story. This, it was the next month or a few weeks later that you got your first yeah. contract. So tell us yeah. about that. Um, so I wrote that in March and that, that house I was talking about, the first one I got under contract was in April. Um, and during that time, this, so when I, when I wrote that, I think I was, um, I think I was still, it might've been right before I was, no, I think I was working with Laurel at that point. And I was just doing these little things. It was like, I was just driving around neighborhoods, writing down addresses, you know, I'd go out and I'd collect like 120 addresses at once or something. And, and then I was writing, handwriting letters. It's like, I didn't, but I was starting to do, to do things whether I knew they were perfect or not. It's like, and that's how kind of getting out of the analysis paralysis, I would just go take um, imperfect action. And that was like my, um, that was my mantra during those couple months. And still is just like imperfect action. I might not be doing exactly the right thing, but at least I'm doing it. And I'm kind of a perfectionist. So that was really tough for me. Um, that to, to be willing to go out and do something, even if it wasn't quite right. Like, I don't necessarily know exactly what I'm going to say to this uh, seller, but I'm going to go out anyway and uh, hope that, that what I've learned so far will, um, will work. And even if it doesn't, even if I fall flat on my face, it's like it's thinking about um, the ultimate process, not just any one particular incident. Um, well, I love the saying, I think it was Jim Rohn, it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. Mm -hmm. We can be ultra mega prepared and still fail at something. We can be unprepared and win at something. So there's a lot of things outside of our control that you keep pushing forward. Because even if you're not yep. having a win, you're not signing a $100,000, you know, wholesale fee deal or whatever, you're still learning and yeah. you still have to learn. You still have to have those interactions with sellers um, to move forward. It's really tough. I mean, not most people don't say yes. My very first door I knocked on or first seller I met with, I signed a contract and made a hundred thousand dollar wholesale fee and it was so easy and perfect. And everyone is, no, it's not like yeah. that. There's, nope. there's going to be challenges and learning and that's just part of it. And when you experience those, be glad like, well, 
I'm, I'm doing my learning. I'm doing my learning. I'm getting better. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wasted a ton of effort early on. Like none of all the handwritten letters I wrote, I never really got a response from those. Those took hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I started doing them on the printer um, to speed it up. I, um, I sent out, some of my first letters to with the wrong phone number, so they had no way to contact me. <laughs> you're um, not the first person I've heard do that. Yeah. I've heard quite a few people do that, so you're not alone. Trying to club, huh? Yeah, I I wrote a bunch of letters in my wife's name, thinking that a, a woman's um, name would be more friendly, and uh, my wife wouldn't let me send them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "What? That's you weird. can put my name and your phone number. Go for it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll share my name." <laughs> um, and then then when I finally did start using um, a fulfillment or a, a, a mailing service online, I sent some of my first couple thousand letters to a jumbled list where I had been sorting and filtering the list in Excel. And at some point I'd mismatched the columns. It's like I did everything wrong and nothing, none of, for probably the first month or two, not, nothing I did was really working. Um, but I was learning and I was doing it anyway. And I was, um, one thing that was working is I was uh, networking with buyers. I was building a buyer's list. I was, I was calling through, um, I was calling through whole list of, uh, investors from like the RIAs and like looking through their, um, membership list and things like that. Um, so yeah, but I wasted so much time and effort, but it was still, but it, it wasn't really wasted, even though it wasn't technically working. I was, I was learning. Um, and then I, uh, I decided to just keep pressing ahead with like the core aspect of trying to talk to sellers, get the contract and the rest will take care of itself. It's like, I, um, so often in the past, I wouldn't do anything because I'd be like, well, I don't know what to say to the sellers. Like I don't have an entity. I haven't talked to an attorney and gotten the contract contract written by an attorney. I don't know how to guarantee that my offer is right. And, and this is the part where I've, I've got to give, um, I've got to give a ton of credit to uh, house flipping formula, which I had joined and uh, so much of their education really put me at ease. Um, it was like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have an entity at first. Put stuff in your own name. It's like, um, you know, these contracts aren't that complicated. It's, uh, of course, I guess I have to say I'm not giving legal advice or whatever, but you, uh, the contracts aren't that complicated. Just, just use one. And I did not have it reviewed. Uh, maybe I should someday, but. Mine hasn't um, been reviewed either. And you know yeah. what? If you get to escrow and there's a problem with it, escrow will let you know. So yep. <laughs> it's great. I mean, yep. yeah. And if someone wants out, they're probably going to find a way to get out. And it's not worth taking a seller to court. Usually yeah. all the negative energy and everything there, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. So yeah, don't get hung up on that for sure. <laughs> yep. But I mean, I had, I had dozens of these hangups, things that could have stopped me in my tracks and, um, having, having the education and having, um, like, you know, they have a Facebook forum in there where I could go ask questions and, and knowing I had kind of that backup where if I did get in an area where I didn't know what I was doing, I could get answers pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit expensive and, you know, some people starting out might not be able to pay for coaching and it's not absolutely necessary. Uh, a lot of people have done it through free resources, but I think it accelerates, um, it accelerates the process a lot and it provides a lot of confidence. Um, well, if I can jump in here yeah. too, just the support is great. Um, is. I've, I've been, uh, 
a mentor in Justin's group for a few years. He asked me to come in at the beginning to help answer questions and stuff because I'm definitely a hands-on. I shouldn't say hands-on. I should say more involved. I am not the rehabber that swings the hammer myself, but I walk properties and I choose materials where I know Justin doesn't. That's just not his style. He'd rather do a higher um, quantity and lower kind of quality of houses where I'm the opposite. I'll do million dollar houses and he does hundred thousand dollar houses. So we're in a different, whole different um, business plan there. But hey, I mean, it's a great time for me to jump in and say, I've got a Facebook group where people can jump in, ask questions. It's free. It's a private group. It's called Hard Hat Holly's Real Estate Investing Team. So if you just look up Hard Hat Holly on Facebook, it it should come up along with my business page. And if you guys have questions, hop on in there. And Zach, I'm hoping um, I can put you in there and you can support people and answer questions because this is such a team sport. Ask people questions. I mean, most of us in the business are really happy to help and give advice because we've been there. Or, you know, it's all karma. What goes around comes around. I'm helpful to people. Other people refer deals into me. Um, it, It will all come back to you. The kinder and more generous you are, it will come back to you. And so seek out the support of others. Um, when you have questions and need help, jump in my private Facebook group. I'll help you. Zach can help you. And um, we're there for you. But Zach, let's um, let's talk the numbers on your first deal because we're yeah, going yeah. along. We could talk forever. So how much money did you make on that first deal? Um, $20,000. Woohoo! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. Um, I... I originally put it under contract for 120, which I thought was too high. Um, and one of the things, one of the things I knew from, uh, coaching through coaching and through, uh, Justin's approach and was, um, you know, I, I was real honest with her about it. Cause when it, when, when she would not come down in price, I was a, I don't know if this exactly came from Justin or not. So I don't want to say he said this, but, um, I, I was able to tell her, I was like, well, you know what? I think this price is probably too high, but I'm willing to help you and I'm willing, or I'm willing to try. I'm willing to see if I can get this, get a partner on board to make this work. Um, and so I was careful to set, I guess I was careful to set expectations. So that, that weren't too high. I wasn't guaranteeing, basically I wasn't guaranteeing her that I was going to close. And that's where, that's where wholesaling gets a bad rap and people get in trouble is they go and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy your house. They, the numbers aren't right. They aren't personally closing. The seller doesn't understand what's going on. And, and then they're in this situation where they can't deliver on the promises they made. So I think it's really important to do this business um, in order to do it with integrity, you need to set the right expectation and they need to understand what's actually going on. And, uh, there's a right way to do that where, um, um, by, by explaining that you work with partners and funding partners and they have to agree to the deal. So, um, sorry, uh, we were talking about numbers. We, uh, so got it under contract at 120 and she was pretty, um, pretty tough at that number. And she had, um, a son that was there, there with her as well, negotiating kind of on her behalf that I was actually talking to. Um, and I didn't know if it was going to work. However, when I got back to my, um, when I got back home after that, I started calling, I think this, 
I think it was the first investor I called and he's a guy um, in, in the house flipping formula was interested in it. And he was, um, he was like, uh, he called me back within hours. I think about two or three hours after having that contract signed, I thought I had it sold for 140. And I was like, well, there we go. I'm, I'm going to make $20,000 on this. Well, it turned out to not be that simple at all. Um, the biz, the, after further analysis and getting people out there, didn't work for his business model. Um, everything that could go wrong with this deal ended up sort of going wrong. It's like we discovered more work that needed to be done. It had foundation issues. Um, buyers, I couldn't, I had trouble finding a buyer. The seller started to back out at one point. She backed out at two different times oh and gosh. over and over, <laughs> you know, it's never let a deal die. There were so many times I wanted to let this deal die. Like I wanted to just, um, just let it go because I, I mean, she would tell me that she was just tired and like, um, didn't want to continue working on it. Um, because we had had, we'd been negotiations were kind of tiring because there were times when we tried to renegotiate the deal, tried to negotiate some seller finance and it was just kind of stressing her out. So she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just not going to sell it. Um, but I kind of had a feeling from, because I spent a lot of time getting to know her, um, that she would come back to the table if we found a deal that worked. And we eventually, we eventually did. She had to come down in price a bit, found another, found another buyer. Um, I ended up making the same amount of money I expected to make from the beginning. And, um, um, I had, that was, that was kind of a happy surprise. My, the final buyer ended up offering more, offering me more than I was asking because it got into a little bit of a competitive scenario. Um, Man, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to summarize this deal. I have like dozens and dozens of pages written in my journal about it because there were so many things that went wrong. And it, I mean, but, so many opportunities to learn. Yeah, you just yep. got like the learnings from five or 10 deals in one deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I can say my, uh, my second deal was much simpler. Um, didn't make as much money on it, but it was uh, quite a bit simpler. Um, but yeah, I can just say, you know, stick with it, have people around you that uh, can help you um, overcome these issues when they come up. I love it. So how much did you make on your second deal, if you don't mind sharing? 5000 That's still so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, sometimes a wholesale deal, I mean, just to let you listeners know, I mean, I've heard them as small as 1000 and 1000 is better than no 1000 right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it yep. just builds your confidence, you know, if, if, if that's what you got to take to make the deal work and get your foot in the door with a rehabber, like, hey, I can sell you this, and how much can you pay me if I offer you 1000 and that's legit. They're not really trying to take advantage of you, but they need it might be worth doing for a thousand bucks just to, to show that your commitment and that you want to be doing business with them too. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Well, we probably need to be wrapping up, although I know we okay. could talk for hours. I love how much you're sharing. It's awesome. And I want to tell um, our listeners about our freebie of this week. Clearly you are a very well-read gentleman. And so listeners, Zach is going to give us his top 10 list of books that he recommends for you to read to help you. And I I mean, he's alluded to a lot of them here on the podcast, but he's going to 
share with us his top 10 reading list, which are you an audible listener, Zach, or not? You know, I am. I was, I kind of want to talk about that, actually. Okay, talk about that. it real quick. We got to okay. go fast, though. So I, I am, too. I'm a big fan of audible. <laughs> um, every aspect of my life literally changed when I discovered Audible. I've always wanted to read. I never read enough. I discovered Audible in 2013. I started, I read about 60 books on Audible a year now. Um, and it changed my thinking about everything. I have this quote from Henry David Thoreau. He says, uh, how many a man has dated a new era in his life from the reading of a book? And um, I read The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, bought it on August 22nd, 2013, literally changed my thinking and set me on a trajectory where it's just, uh, that's where... It, it changed me. It changed my thinking from kind of a middle class, well, save money, retire someday, um, work your job, to thinking in terms of a of an abundance mentality, and um, and uh, just I mean, <laughs> it just I have to say, just reading is. I'll I'll, I'll put together this list, but uh, read, Audible changed everything because it helped me get through books that I never would have had time to read in print. Um, Same for me. Amazing. I, I will put in these earbuds when I'm, uh, well, I don't need to in the car now, sometimes I'll do it when I'm at the gym on the elliptical, when I'm mm-hmm. putting my makeup on and curling my hair. Why would I just sit doing nothing if I can learn? I am learning at least two hours a day, usually podcasts, yep. but also audible. And if you feel like you're in a position where you can't afford the $15 a month audible subscription right now, podcasts are free. So take advantage of that. And there is equally good quality information on podcasts as there is in the books. So people have no excuses now not to get highly educated for free, right? (laughs) Yes. And as much as education, that's how you immerse yourself in the thinking of successful people when you don't know any. Um, I mean, not that I don't know successful people because I do, but I don't know that kinds of people who write kinds of books and you know it's when they say you're the average of the five people you hang out most with that's that's great if you know five people that are entrepreneurs and doing the things you want to do but if you don't then listen to podcasts and listen read what they write and get in the facebook groups get in my facebook group go find successful people and be influenced by them not with the people with negative mindsets so cool awesome Well, um, so you're going to be able to find that freebie at hardhatholly.com forward slash 65. And definitely check out Audible if you're not on it already. I think the first month is either free or a dollar or something. So um, you can also get um, this week's download and all my past ones and notified every week when we have a new podcast publishing. If you send a text to the number 38470 and the text is just hard hat. Squeeze them together, one word, hard hat, to 38470. And with that, you can be on my text alerts to let you know when there's new awesome free downloads and new podcasts being published. So text hard hat to 38470. Um, Zach has very generously agreed to give out his email address. So if you have questions for him, um, Zach, what is the email address that people can reach you at? My email is ZachRNZ at gmail.com, and I'll spell that. It's Zach, Z-A-C-H-R as in Roger, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zulu, at gmail.com. 
That is so nice. So if you have questions for Zach or uh, about anything you said today or um, anything at all, he's been very kind to, to give out that email address. So you can reach him in that way. Well, Zach, thank you so much for your time. You've been fantastic. And maybe we'll do this again another year and hear about more of your journey and your success. But I'm super excited. And thank you for your service in the Air Force. Thank you for helping um, helping our country stay free and all the work that you and your brothers and sisters do in the armed services. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. It's an honor. All right. All right. Well, get out there, guys, and go take some action. Have a great day. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.